Chris kind of approached me and said, come on, mate, I really think we've got unfinished business. Having the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham was, was a huge factor as well. After speaking with him, he convinced me that it would be a good idea and, and uh, we decided to get going and, and not waste any more time. You're listening to the Better Stories podcast with Sam Lloyd, taking inspiration from our communities and people. Hello, it's the latest episode of Better Stories and I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by a co-presenter for today's podcast. So it's a very warm welcome to Peter Bundy from Better. Hey Peter, how are you doing today? Hi Sam, it's great to be with you today. It's, uh, it's a real treat for me to co-host on another fascinating podcast. Well, it's a real treat for me as well to have you as my co-presenter in the hot seat. And talking about the hot seat, we've got a very special guest today, haven't we? Hot's the right word. You know, as as the snow is just melting around us, um, we've got the pleasure of metaphorically going to the beach today, which is rather nice in the middle of the winter. And um, it is a great delight for us to welcome a very special guest, GB Beach Volleyball athlete Jake Sheaf. Hi, Jake. How are you keeping during these troubled times? Hi, Pete. Hi, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Things are things are good. Obviously, having the same issues as, as lots of people being in lockdown, but we'll, we'll get into it a bit later. But obviously, coming out of retirement has been a, a been a big challenge, um, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys about it. Well, absolutely thrilled to have you uh, chatting to us on Better Stories today. Can we start from the very beginning? Because I want to talk to you about your sporting heritage as you come from a hugely talented sporting family, don't you? Tell us a little bit about that. So my mum used to play uh, beach volleyball for England. So that's kind of how I got into volleyball. It is a very niche sport to be getting into. Um, So she introduced me to the sport. And from a young age, I played it. And at 16, I was part of the GB Olympic squad for 2012, alongside my older brother, Luke. So uh, Luke's two years older than me. Um, so he obviously got the, got the bug as well from my mum. And then I have two younger brothers. So one is at uh, Arsenal, who's on loan to Coventry at the minute. And the other one is at Hull City uh, Football Club on loan to Torquay United. So... So, yeah, very, very sporty family, and we, we get it from my mum. It's really interesting, Jake, because you've got a real kind of sporting heritage, and your, your, your mum, as you say, was your volleyball inspiration. But you, you started in, I mean, I think you were in the England squad indoor volleyball as a junior. How, how did you make the switch to beach volleyball? Yeah, so obviously it's more uh, stereotypical that you play indoor volleyball. We, we don't have the... Uh, have amazing weather for beach volleyball and I used to play a little bit of beach volleyball throughout the summer and I just I just fell in love with the sport I mean in beach volleyball you there's only two of you on the pitch uh, you kind of have the ability to do every single move you know the dig set smash blocking defending serving whereas in the indoor volleyball it's a fantastic sport but I always felt a little restricted in that I couldn't do everything so I uh I, my heart turned to beach and then it just kind of went from there. I got accepted into the GB Olympic squads and that, that set a tone for tone for the rest of my career, really. 
Jake, I'm intrigued to know then, once you made that decision in your sporting career, from a training perspective, what are the key areas in terms of strength? There are a few differences between indoor volleyball and beach volleyball without getting into the really technical side of things. With uh, beach volleyball, it's a lot more kind of power-based rather than indoor volleyball. I'd say it's more kind of plyometric-based just because of the surface, basically. So with our, our strength programs, we had a lot of leg strengthening exercises such as squats, deadlifts, RDLs, everything like that, basically. So obviously, Jake, you mentioned there about uh, training, but I'm really intrigued to know from your bespoke training regime, you know, what what that entails for you personally. Yeah, I mean, in terms of right now, coming out of retirement, it's a little bit more fitness focused and, and getting the old lungs going again. But in terms of the, uh, you know, the specifics of, of for me, I'm a defender in the team. So I'm the little one that runs around at the back, whereas Chris is uh, the big blocker up top. So I focus a lot more on the ground speed um, type of stuff and being able to get up off the floor quickly. Um, whereas Chris, Chris is more about, you know, being stable in the air and everything like that. So every athlete will have different things that they need. Um, and, and for me, it's those. The little one is is a bit of an understatement when you say the little one, but because uh, I know you're six foot five. But the um, you know if if you were if you were a young person looking at beach volleyball, you'd be what, strong shoulders, legs. What would what would the, the muscles be? Yeah, I'd say uh, to be honest, beach volleyball has come in all shapes and sizes. You get the ones that are kind of more more muscular, a bit more built, but you also get the kind of you know slimmer more quicker um, type players. So I'd say the main area to focus on would be uh, your your uh, posterior chain. So your glutes, your hamstrings, um, being able to jump high, you know, it, it, it's a very helping factor uh, seeing as the height of a men's volleyball uh, net is the height of a football goalpost and the women's is about 20 centimetres shorter. So being able to jump is definitely a, a, and access different angles to be able to hit is, is definitely an important thing. Absolutely, and and core and core strength, I guess, is a is a core, particularly you as a, in defending mode. Yeah, core core is really important, and I am um, I actually suffered a two bulging discs and cracked uh, vertebrae in my back when I was sixteen, um, so I was put on a pretty rigorous core program um, from a very young age in order to protect that because there was so much hyperextension that I was doing whilst playing uh, volleyball, especially from a young age. So, so yeah, it's a really good point. I think posterior chain and core are some of the most important things you can, that you can work on. There's a strong bond, isn't there, between the partnership that you have, you know, with, with two people in a team, um, you know, does, does that add additional motivation and drive to succeed or does it give you pressure? Chris and I have a very close bond with with the best with the best of friends as well as teammates, and sometimes that that can be a good thing. Um, but it can also have a you can be a little bit too honest with each other sometimes. Um, <laughs> but we've always enjoyed a, a good, open, honest relationship with each other. And when uh, when we retired, well, when I retired in 2018, it was it was Chris that kind of reached out to me late last year saying come on, mate, we can, we can, we can go do this again. So, it, you know, I owe a lot to him for getting me back out on the court. Well, I, I know throughout your career that you've always battled 
adversity of lack of funding and you know the fact that unfortunately volleyball isn't one of the sports that gets huge funding but so we'll touch on that in a bit but just go back to your uh, partnership with your brother you kind of arrived at national success and then with Chris you've you've gone to international level can you can you just fill us in on the a bit of your sporting journey yeah so um leading up to the london olympics i was uh playing with um my older brother luke um we kind of made an attempt to be that be that team that went to london um and unfortunately missed out we, was, we were still pretty young at the time um and obviously had high ambitions um after that luke decided to uh retire from the sport and he actually joined the army um, so he became an officer in the in the British Army. And then um, I was kind of lost for a little bit in terms of what to do. Um, do I continue playing or do I just kind of give up there and then as there was very, very little funding, if any, around. Um, and it did mean that we would have to self-fund everything, obviously going out to, to find sponsors and things. And I kind of had a had a conversation with Chris and we shared the same values and, and shared the same drive and decided that yeah, we're going to team up and, and we're going to go for this. We're obviously talking about your partner, Chris Gregory, but you've already kind of hinted about the retirement factor. And I know that Peter and I are desperate to talk about this in greater detail, Jake, because it's <laughs> quite a story, if you don't mind me saying. You retired in 2018 after the Commonwealth Games. So let's start with that. Did you feel, right, I've got to a point now in my career I've achieved so much on the international stage. This is now the time to take a seat back. Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm going to be really open and, and, and honest about this. Um, I think as an athlete, you know, unless you hit that top goal of, of, of you know, winning an Olympic gold medal, you always feel like you can achieve more. Um, so I didn't retire from the sport due to that. I uh, we got a fourth place at the Commonwealth Games, which, in all honesty, was a was a, a huge disappointment um, because we we went there to win um, and we had the ability to win as well. Um, after that, I'd been I'd been on the road for so long, traveling around, playing these tournaments, which which sounds fantastic, and I'm not complaining whatsoever about it, but. I just really wanted to be settled and um, not be traveling anymore and didn't want the the stresses and the strains of, of, of training and competing. Um, and I honestly thought that I was done. Uh, I honestly thought that that was, that was enough for me. And uh, I would go on to the next chapter of my life, which was running in the two businesses that I have and, and I absolutely love um, and really passionate about running them. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> after that it, 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 it was gone for me I didn't think I'd ever make a return and look what happened talk about eating your words because two <laughs> years later you then came out of retirement I mean how did that come about was it you know your kind of team around you or you know why did you then make the decision to return yeah as I mentioned earlier um Chris kind of approached me and, and, and said you know Come on, mate. I really think we we, we it's almost like we, we've got unfinished business. Um, having the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham was was a huge factor as well. And uh, you know, after speaking with him, he convinced me that it would be a good idea, and and uh, we decided to to get going and and not waste any more time. I think it kind of sums you up, Jake, and is that you know you're an incredibly nice individual, but you've got 
a real steely drive in you and you you you, you always kind of want to better on what you've just done i'm always always looking to to either better myself or better the people around me and um and I and I've always had that drive in me. I think it was instilled in me from a young age. So, whatever I do, I try and make it as good as possible. Um, and you know, as hard as this comeback has been, I've I've really tried to not go in half-heartedly. Well, talking about elite sport, it takes tremendous drive and determination. But how punishing has that return to training been for you? <laughs> It's, it's, <laughs> it, Let's it's be been, honest. <laughs> we want to know. Yeah. I know. Honestly, it's it's been one of the hardest things I've done. You know, when when I was in full time training and training two three times a day, putting my body through hell. Um, the even though the training hasn't been as tough because I haven't been able to push myself as, as hard, it's been harder mentally to come out of retirement than, than anything I've done before. Jake, can I talk to you about your training base? Because you've got fabulous facilities. Because I gather you train out of Crystal Palace National Sports Centre and there's a dedicated beach volleyball training ground. So tell me a little bit about the facilities. Yes, we that, that that's where it holds a lot of history, actually, um, and where I first met Peter. Um, so, yeah, the beach volleyball courts at Crystal Palace, uh, we have uh, three courts. And uh, we made that our training base in 2000. I mean, Pete could correct me here, but 2013. Um, so that's where Chris and I trained uh, with our coach. Uh, and this was our base here in here in London. Uh, the facilities are fantastic. The, the, the staff are uh, amazing. And um, yeah, we really, really enjoy enjoy training here and also developing the sport here as well um, at Crystal Palace. We now have probably one of the most successful beach volleyball clubs, if not the most successful beach volleyball clubs in the UK. And uh, we're really kind of paving the way for, for uh, increasing beach volleyball in the community. I think that's uh, really important, Sam, um, what Jake's just said, is that the, you've got the, the sand, Jake, came from Horse Guards Parade, I think, which was the test event for mm -hmm. London 2012. But... From a standing start, you, I know you put a lot back into the sport and community involvement and you built that club um, from a standing start to one of the biggest, if not the biggest in the UK at the moment. Um, you know, can tell us, tell us how you did that. Yeah, I mean, it just comes down to kind of a, a relentless passion to give other people the experience of the sport. Um, having the support and flexibility of better was a huge key part in that um and then it was a case of utilizing you know the the name that we had in the beach volleyball community to not only attract uh, the existing players that were in in the uk but also attract new players into the uk and now we've it's, it's uh, you know it's a thriving club it's outside of covid obviously it's um it's full every evening with with players that are training two three times a week and these are just recreational players um as well as juniors playing as well so um we've had a huge like i said we've had massive support from better and the local community and it's it's made it into a, a real buzzing club um for all levels so we have complete beginners that have never touched the beach volleyball before up to uh you know the likes of myself and chris who are, are training for the for the top level I think everyone 
especially at grassroots, everyone needs idols. Everyone needs mentors. And it's all credit to you guys. What shall we say you're giving back to the community? Because I know uh, in addition to Deep Dish Volleyball Academy, you also reach out to local schools and, and, you know, young people. Is that something that's very important to you? You know, you've reached the the heights of your sport on a global level, but to give something back, is that something that, that you're very passionate about? Massively. I think if that's one of the most important things that I, I feel, especially as I kind of reached the, the back end of my career, is that um, I've done it all the way through my career, but now it becomes even more important. You know, where's the next generation of players coming from? And I don't mean just the ones that go out and play for England and Great Britain, but the ones that play here and have beach volleyball as their sport, the ones that want to try the sport as well. So that's why we, we did have a, a huge outreach program that we were going to implement um, last year, but obviously, you know, COVID affected that, but we, we can't wait to reach out to all of the local schools um, and local, local young people to get them down to the, to the beach at Crystal Palace and, and start playing beach volleyball. I mean, these are one of the unsung things that uh, you've been involved in, Jake, because we got to know each other through the Sport Foundation, which supports young athletes, and you've consistently helped us with inspirational talks and attending events. Um, you know, I, I know it's your passion um, to do that. It's, is, is there anything out there you can say to the younger athletes looking to try and force their way in, in the sport? I mean, I think the thing that's that's really resonated with me through my career is is resilience. I think especially in the more, um, you know, minor kind of uh, low funded sports, the thing that will get you to where you want to get to is is just uh, you know an absolute fire of resilience in you um, and and not looking back. So that's that's probably the most important thing that I've learned as an athlete and I would say to the younger athletes as well it's not going to be put on a plate for you and you sometimes have to get creative and crafty and in order to pave a path for yourself but having that resilience in you will really really help you achieve what you want to achieve because it's all about the mental aptitude as well to succeed it's not just about the physicality is it it's your mental drive and approach yeah yeah no for sure I think um especially when you reach the top level, you know, the, the, the actual ability, you know, the physical ability of people starts to level out a bit and it becomes more of a, of a mental game, you know, who can hold their nerve, who can um, you know, work out the tactics faster and things like that. So I'd say, you know, we, we used to work with a, a fantastic sports psychologist called Dr. Emma Kavanagh and, and she really taught us the value and importance of that, that psychological strength. So now to me, it goes hand in hand with the physical side of things. I think that's one of the messages that you've consistently put to our younger athletes. And the other one, Jake, is you've intimated already you had an injury when you were young. And I know Chris had uh, some heart issues just prior to the Commonwealth Games. It, it's about having resilience during injury and recovery. Yeah, we. <laughs> Chris has got a whole book of injuries. Um, and it seemed to me that every... Every January, February time, just before the season started, he'd pick up another one. So he had, he had heart surgery. He had a dislocated elbow. He had a, a broken ankle. Um, God, you name it, he's had it. 
Um, wow, that's quite some list, if you don't mind me saying, for an elite athlete. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and, and some of them he couldn't help. His, his, his heart condition was genetic. His um, broken ankle came because someone uh, jumped through the net and he landed on their foot, so which it, it, it snapped it there. His dislocated elbow, he, he fell off a box in the gym. <laughs> So yeah, it wasn't as if it was just general wear and tear. It was, uh, it was these these accidents that kept happening. Jake, when you, at this point in your career, when you look back and reflect, what are you particularly proud of? I think I'm most proud that. On the court, I think we took beach volleyball to a new level here in the UK um, in terms of where we were competing, who we were competing against, the results that we got. And I think we definitely inspired a lot of younger players that you don't need loads and loads of funding to be successful. We self-funded and, and, you know, we were pitching to CEOs at the age of 21 to say, please sponsor us. Um, so I think we definitely paved the way for the younger athletes. And then, and then off the court as well, we really made beach volleyball accessible to a lot of people. And now personally, I'm, I'm, all I'm trying to do is drive the sport and only on a local basis here in Crystal Palace, for instance, but also on a national basis. Um, so I actually run the UK beach volleyball tour as well. Um, and we're trying to uh, get, more facilities in the UK so we can hold more tournaments, more clubs, more people playing um, and ultimately giving people the opportunity to, to try our amazing sport. I think the other thing, Jake, that um, is interesting is that you were one of the early British-based uh, beach volleyball pairs. You know, a lot of, you know, traditionally some of, some of those guys would have been based abroad and you actually brought it right to the doorstep and made it seem much more achievable. Is that fair yeah, to no. say? Yeah, I think that is really fair to say. Um, the kind of players in the past have, have you know, dotted around in terms of uh, where they're living, if they're living abroad um, or if they're living in the UK. And we really made sure that this was our home and we wanted a, we wanted a, a home, a training base um, where we could always come back to to you know, refine our whatever had just come up in the in the tournament that we just played and things. And we wanted to be in somewhere that we felt not only comfortable, but um, supported and somewhere we could really train hard. So, yeah, I mean, Crystal Palace became our home and, and, and we didn't never look back. Jake, just um, one one final one for me really is, um, is about the volleyball family, really. And, you know, it's an incredibly inclusive sport, not just outdoor beach, um, indoor um, volleyball, we've got sitting volleyball or para volley, um, you know, which, which is getting to the Paralympics. It, it's a great sport. It's a big school sport. Um, you know, what, what's the kind of words out there for people thinking about potentially getting involved? The first thing is, is finding somewhere that you can play it. And um, I think just looking up on, on where your local your local club is um, is a start and reach out to them and if you don't have a local club then get in touch with someone like myself and maybe we can have a chat about starting your own little club um, so yeah I mean you, you've just got to find the opportunities to play but that's what we're striving to do is that everybody will have an opportunity to be able to play volleyball or beach volleyball um, or sit in volleyball or 
I mean, snow volleyball is a thing now <laughs> or grass volleyball. So, yeah, like you said, it is a very inclusive sport and, and we just want to be able to make sure that everyone has the, the opportunity. It's really about spreading the word, isn't it? Because, you know, you've got so much passion uh, for the sport that you love. And here we are in 2021. And I just want to get your final take shall we say on the commonwealth games in birmingham next year because it is in essence a, a home commonwealth games which is really really special i don't think the weather's going to be anything like the gold coast jake but there you go who knows what birmingham can deliver but yet yeah, in all seriousness thoughts now going in into these these major major games for you I mean, to be honest, I'm 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 just excited um, to be to be back out there playing and obviously having the the Commonwealth Games as that as that target is is really exciting. I, I missed out on London and never got to play in a home games, and I never thought I'd um, be able to play in a home games again. So, you know, obviously this is the Commonwealth Games, but for me, it's it's, it's a very important uh, journey to be making, and uh, hopefully, it, it finishes uh, very sweet at the end. Yeah, let's hope so. Well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure and joy speaking to you today. Thank you so much for joining us. And we wish you all the very best for the coming months. Hope training goes really well and we'll be rooting for you next year. There's no doubt about that. Thanks, Sam. And thanks, Pete. Thanks, Jake. We'll, we may even see you down at Crystal Palace sometime, Sam and myself, yes. showing you how to do it. I mean, you're more than welcome to join us. So, uh, so, so come down whenever. Oh, that'd be brilliant. And also thank you to you too, Peter, for joining me as co-presenter on Better Stories Today. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for being in the hot seat with me. Thanks very much, Sam. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Better is the charitable social enterprise that operates leisure centres, gyms, swimming pools and libraries across the UK. For more information, visit www.better.org.uk or download the Better app. Better Stories, taking inspiration from our communities and people. <laughs>